Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Lucas Ledwaba is the editor of the Makurukuru Media, an agency that specializes in writing stories on Africa through the eyes and voices of Africans. Lucas is a recipient of the prestigious CNN African Journalist Award and the Public Interest Writer of the Year Award. He has written a book entitled The Shameful Legacy of Gold Mining in South Africa and is currently uh, writing a book on land reform and restitution. He joins me now to explore the current intricate land claims that many different groups of South Africans are making in an attempt to reclaim and assert their heritage. Lucas, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Uh, good afternoon and thank you for inviting me. Um, Lucas, your article on the Amakhluba was brought to my attention by a colleague of mine who belongs to that group. And we had a long conversation around uh, identity and whether some groups in South Africa, like the Amakhluba, feel, uh, um, I suppose, uh, brought, um, under the Zulu nation or the Zulu culture, and they want to assert their own heritage. Is this typical of what is happening throughout South Africa among very many different groupings? Yes, yeah, thank you. You know, um, if you look at South Africa's history in the last uh, 300 years, it's characterized by a lot of uh, instability, a lot of movement from different uh, groups of people from within Africa itself and from outside Africa. And if you go back to the early 1800s, it was a period of a great strife, which led to even more uh, movement and migration of people, which really changed the landscape in terms of uh, identity and belonging. So I think at the moment what we are experiencing is a situation where people are trying to rediscover who they really are. People are trying to shed those identities that were forced upon them or identities that uh, came about as a result of circumstances. So when you look at the history of the Amatsubi, for instance, they were forced to, you know, stop existing as a nation after they were their king, uh, Langanibale, was arrested and sent to Robben Island by the British colonial government in the 1800s. So as a result, most of them found themselves living in other areas under Amakosa, Amazulu, Basotho, and Deben. So that has now had a bearing on the issue of land, which is one of the most topical issues in our country today, where people are saying we need to reclaim our land. But for us to reclaim our land, we also need to know who we are and where we come from. So that is where we are now. And I think the story of the Amasubi is a classical example of what many... South African uh, lands, tribes, nations are faced with today. Lucas, we have to take our break here, but after the break, we're going to look at what is actually realistic in terms of identity and land. Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. 
And I'm talking to award-winning journalist Lucas Ledwaba about the uh, land restitution and identity in South Africa. Um, Lucas, what is practically possible with regard to people like um, Lama Khlubi and other groups who are subsumed or no longer have access to the land and the land is currently otherwise employed? Yes, the, the issue of land is, has become very complicated, especially if you look at the last uh, 200 years. Or if you go back to the last 100 years, from the time when the Union of South Africa came into power and started a process of uh, taking away land from groups of African people and rendering them as uh, non-citizens, basically, in their own land of death. So what you then have now is that you have people who were forced by circumstances and by laws to disintegrate and to move into certain areas where they were previously not staying there. Mm-hmm. Let's look at, for instance, the issue of Amasubi. You have Amasubi in uh, Eastern Cape. You have Amasubi uh, in KwaZulu Natal. You have Amasubi in Rustenburg. Uh, that says to you now, you have this one big nation that is scattered in different parts of the country that are different, that are under the administration of different uh, entities. So it has become very complicated because if you look at the, uh, the era of the early 1800s during uh, the reign of King Shaka of uh, Amazon, a lot of people moved away from their traditional areas. They settled elsewhere. But then there were other uh, events that forced people off their land as well. So when people claim a specific piece of land, how far back do we go? You know, the, the current legislation says people can claim for land that was taken away from them after 1913 after the passing of the 1913-80s led back. But then the question arises to say, what happened before 1913? What happens to that land that was taken away before 1913? And the other question is, do the people who are claiming land that was taken away from them after 1913, do they really have a real claim to that particular piece of land? Given the dynamic and after 1913, 1936, and the forced removals of the 1950s in urban South Africa, especially. You know, you have the Sophia Town, Katomena, uh, Lady Selborne, District 6, and so on. That also added another dynamic. So, so it is a very complex situation that will not be very easy to deal with. 
So, especially given the fact that legislation says you need to start in 1913. And basically, I mean, early in the show, you were speaking about the, the great migrations in the 1800s. And the truth is, you know, there was the Mifakani and there was a huge, huge um, displacement of land by many, many people. But the question now is around South Africa today and identity. And I think what we're seeing more and more is people wanting to assert their specific identity within the greater South African um melting pot or fruit salad or whatever you want to call it. Do you see that as a healthy development? Well, the former president, uh, Tawambe, spoke of South Africa as one country made up of many nations. Realistically, South Africa has never been one nation. Uh, Even after 1994, during the era of uh, President Nelson Mandela, when he tried to build a nation, it has been very difficult because we haven't really addressed the issues of the past 300 years. So what is happening now is that, uh, for instance, I'll go back to the issue of Amasu Biake. Many people who regard themselves as uh, Amazulu today are actually Amazulu uh, but they were not or they are still not aware of that mm. so you look at the dynamics now Amazulu say well we want to reclaim our identity as Amazulu which is a very good thing uh, it is a positive step but within that positivity there's also the danger now of reverting back to those small pockets of uh, clans and tribes that, you know, existed about two, three hundred years ago. So you need, uh, today you need to find a way. I think we need to find a way of saying, yes, there are those dynamics, but how do we move forward as one nation? I mean, the issue of land claims, uh, one classical issue. We're dealing now with the issue of the Ingonyama Trust, Mm. which administers land on behalf of the king of the Amazon. But there is a dispute as to whether some of that land truly falls under the administration or falls under Amazon. Because Amazon, we can argue that, well, in 1650, uh, our king, or in 1300, our king presided over this land. So we have every right to reclaim this land because we are Amazulu, we are not Amazulu. We were forced to lose our identity mm-hmm. because of a colonial decree <laughs> by the British. So to come back to your question, what is happening today in terms of land claims and the way forward? It is going to take a, a lot of, I think there, there needs to be a lot of compromises from all those involved. First of all, we need to acknowledge the past, but we also need to sit down and be practical about what can really work today. Lucas, you talk about... Pretoria, for instance, is underplayed by different uh, clans of uh, Bahaza and uh, Amandevele. Now the question becomes, okay, people are claiming that land, but what happens after the land is uh, returned to them? Lucas, I mean, you, you raise so many really important issues, and unfortunately, 
you and I are not in the last minute going to be able to find a solution, but I would like to explore the, the conversation further in the new year. What I would like to ask in the remaining minute that we have, um, to a large extent, South African history is, has been written by, um, from a colonial point of view. And your um, media organization, Makurukuru, is trying to reclaim African stories by Africans themselves. And I just want to think, to what extent do you think this is happening in this kind of history is changing. Um, to what extent do you think um, African history is being written by Africans now? You see, that, uh, that is another uh, contentious issue. If you are going to be writing African history as an African today, you need a reference. <laughs> I'm reading a book now, it's called The Land Belongs to Us, mm. written by Peter Delia from Vet University. Mm-hmm. It's about the Maroda Kingdom of Kings Kukuni Squati and so on. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting book. But my question now becomes uh, well, how far can one trust uh, sources that are referenced there? Mm-hmm. The missionaries, they have their own agenda. The colonial uh, organizations, colonial governments, recorded history in their own way because mm. they had their own agenda. Mm. So for us to be able to rewrite African history from an African perspective, we need to go back to the elders that are still with us today because there's a lot of oral history mm. in our communities that is not being recorded. And the sad thing is that most of those people mm. are passing away and they're taking this entire history with them. Lucas, we but ha- having said that, I must say there are, you know, colonial historians who really try to tell history uh, factually without much bias towards the colonial uh, authorities of the time. Lucas, has been a most fascinating conversation and certainly one I'd like to explore again next year. You know, maybe when your book comes out, we can spend more time on the issues that you raise because they're all really important issues that all South Africans are grappling with. But at this point, I'd like to say thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for inviting me.